welcome to another exciting episode of One Shot. I'm Tracy Barnett, your host and narrator. Heroes, today we finish our four-part series of Shotguns and Sorcery. I've had a great time listening along to this. It was wonderful to hear James back on the mic again, and I am excited for you to hear the finale of this series. So, let's just get to the show. Back at the top of the initiative order, as these two performed remarkably poorly on their turns, John, it's going to be. Oh, that's me. Um, yep. Sorry. Oh, I'm just going to kind of like do one of those like touch the face where I got hit or like almost got killed. And with my uh, dauntless not thing, I'm just going to stab the guy in the neck. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think what it is, like, he is reaching for this crystal ball. The arm goes out. And the thing that's happening, the reason that it missed you and also the reason that you hit him is you were lunging right away. You you had that knife, like, you knocked the guy into the wall. It stopped the elevator. And you immediately whirl and turn. He just manages to, to fire off a shot with whatever horrible yeah. spell is coming from this crystal ball. Roll your attack. Yeah. Four. Four is not good. No, that's not, it's not the number that we want to, to no, see. It wasn't. Yeah. Uh but but you, you you lunge forward with the knife, and now we kind of see the full effect of these people and, and what what having your soul removed like does for you. Their their movements are like very stiff but but very exact and like he moves to the side uh uh blocking your blow with his like forearm and elbow uh just pushing it to the side to drive your strike into the side of the elevator so he managed to to move out of the way like just very easily or, or very effectively, I should say. Maybe not easily is the word. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he, he manages to move out of the way. Noah, what about you? All right, seeing that, I'm going to aim for that guy. And I am going to attack. Well, actually, I would like to use my versatile one more time. Mm-hmm. We're going to reduce the difficulty of this task by one step. Then uh, I'm gonna attack. Oh, I wrote a five. A five. Let's see. Reducing the difficulty by one step. I hate that it shakes out this way, but reducing it by one step literally does take it down to a six. Oh, so that's deeply. Is it too late to add effort? Technically. Okay. But. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to work with this. I am going to offer you a... I'm going to offer you a, a GM intrusion, which is I, when I, like, ask for something that will be bad for you and you can either take the deal and it would... Like, normally it would offer you an experience. We're playing a one-shot, uh, so that system doesn't really work out. Uh, so what I'm going to say is we'll let you do something that you normally wouldn't be able to do, which is, hey, 
uh, uh, roll effort after the skill roll is already made. So in this situation, you are kind of dealing with the fact that Evelyn, your your friend, is gone. And, like, you have been keeping this remarkably cool for basically the duration of the adventure because you are a professional. This kind of does happen. Like, your friend, if you're friends with adventurers, uh, if you've got 10 friends who are adventurers, there's a chance by the next month you're going to have nine friends who are adventurers. That's the way it goes. But the more that you've been learning about this case the more clear it is that like Evelyn's death had nothing to do with being an adventurer, at least as far as you know, it was people, people like this that took it from you. No matter what it is, no matter what you find out at the end of this, if someone is at fault for this situation and alive, you are not going to be able to live with yourself. Kind of that's what's going to happen in this moment. So you can... Apply the effort now, but you will take this thing of like having a real vendetta. Is that an exchange you want to make? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I want, I want the smoke. I want the smoke. I mean, there's an understanding, especially like at Slideback, we all drink to our death, essentially at that diner, which is like, you know, we're we're gonna have go, we're gonna have another trip beyond the wall. You know, here's to the ones that don't make it. You know, like we yeah. we have that understanding. And the fact that I think Evelyn was kind of like almost to an extent the best of us. And the fact that the best of us got taken on this side of the wall for something that it just it don't sit right. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's it. Like in, in this moment, that anger overpowers you and gives you what you need to push past the fact that like normally you would have missed that shot so this is going to do five damage describe for me how it hits and you also have the ability to spend effort again to or it's not effort but like you can spend to add damage to the roll i think i had a quick question i see i have Mm -hmm. edge like it's pool at edge and i have one in edge what's edge do Edge uh, raises actually the, oh, wait a minute. Edge would raise the effectiveness of this attack, which would mean that you wouldn't need to uh, spend your effort uh, to hit in the first place. (laughs) All of that, all of that for an GM intrusion that we just simply did not need. You know what? I'm still taking it because I want the smoke. (laughs) <laughs> okay, in which case, uh, uh, what I will award you then for that is you've already applied the effort for extra damage, so this is going to be three extra damage on top of that. This oh, so guy, that's eight damage. Yeah, this guy has nine health, so barely alive. Tell me, what does that attack look like? I, I think the problem was that the guy got too close, uh, so it's just he has the arrow knocked, and like shoves the arrow into the guy, <laughs> kicks him off, and then fires in the exact same spot. Oh yeah. Like like yeah, you 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 do this poke to like push him back, you like maybe shoulder check him out of the way because like he's in the middle of like doing some martial arts to like block your friend or whatnot. He does raise a hand to like block you, but like 
that that's the thing. You weren't going for the shot. You were just lining up this poke to like throw him off of his game, throw him back, and then boom, like right in his chest. I think it pierces a lung. Yeah. Just I'm 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 sick of these guys. And I'm imagining him fighting like the dude from upgrade, just very clean <laughs> and robotic. Like, oh, screw this guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see. That uh brings us to okay, the the shock of the elevator is at least worn off. The other guy who is frazzled, like he starts to like he doesn't have the shattered pieces of his crystal ball. So he's he's just like going to reach into the other side of his coat and grab a gun. That is a much, much better roll. Can I get a I think the biggest threat in the room right now looks like it's Noah. So Noah, he does he is pulling a gun, which normally I don't think parry would would work for bullets, but like you're so close quarters, I think you could parry like his aim on the gun. So roll your parry for me. 14. 14. Yeah, you beat it. He rolled a 16 and he is still like uh, pinned down by the arrow that that you put uh, in his pants. So that was just enough to hold him back. Nice. So like, yeah, you like, Pull pull off this shot with the bow on on like this one guy, and the other guy like draws a gun. You flip up the end of the bow. It moves the gun out of your face, out of the way, and the shot goes into the wall. All of it happens in an instant, and it comes back to John. So are they both still alive? They are both still alive. Okay, I want to stab one and shoot the other. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that 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 can work. Um, this is going to be a role that we would call challenging. Um, uh, okay. to like do two things at once. So uh, you need to hit a fifteen. Now you do have your your close quarters, uh, like your light knife thing. So I think like because. It's a combination gun knife. Yeah, we'll, we'll let it step down anyway. So now like now it is just difficult. You're trying to hit a 12. Are you playing effort at all? I was going to, yeah. So if, I, if I'm trying to do this thing, the intelligence in my brain is like, you got to do this and do that at the same time. So can I use intelligence? Yeah. And only, I only weird. ask that because I have one edge point in there too. Okay. Okay. All right. So it's like, it's really about, it's about angles and like you're, you're thinking of where they're going to be by the time your knife gets there. It's very Sherlock Holmes movies where he's like thinking Mm -hmm. about where it's going to happen before it happens. Yeah. Yeah. The Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Roll it. Yeah. Now, now we have, we've backed this down to simply you're looking for a nine. 18. Holy shit. Uh, yeah. I didn't need to do all that, okay. but I'm glad I did. So, yeah, this guy's uh, gun goes, like, up. You pull your knife out of the wall and, like, whirl whirl around. You stab him, like, in the neck as his gun goes up because you knew already that Noah was going to block his shot in that way. And we're simply waiting for the opening created by that. 
And kind of as you do it all, like very casually, almost as an afterthought, you draw your revolver and fire it. And the guy who is on the ground with the arrow in his chest goes limp. And the elevator stops and dings as you've reached <laughs> the floor. Well, that could have gone worse. Uh, you're fine with you. I, I, uh, I I gotta tell you what though, I really I really do hate fighting in small spaces like this. It's the antithesis of the whole bow and arrow thing, you know. I know. I'll I'll try not to, but man, you were supersonic in there. That was just fast and clean. Yeah, I didn't realize how pissed I was until I got the chance to kill somebody. I'm getting that. So, want to find out where we are? Almost afraid to. I was gonna ask, uh, do we look around here? Or do we go back upstairs and give your friend, your old family friend, the what for? Hey, I'm always down for that too. <laughs> Here's the question: If we open these doors, is it gonna give us a hint on what? Because I, I mean, I lied. I said we knew what we were gonna do or where, where you know she was, Evelyn was looking. But my my plan was to think that when you know, we left, they were going to send someone to that place and we could follow them or, uh, you know, at least they were going to send for Telson so we could see when he gets here and all that stuff, but we're here now, so that's the question. Might as well take a look around, but uh, first things first, and he starts rifling through the dead men's pockets. I like the way you think. Yeah, I mean, there is a crystal ball in the, the the hand of the the one gentleman, and uh, they each have a uh, revolver on them. I hate guns. This is all you. Does it have more damage than my revolver? The, they're they, they're all kind of the same. Um, oh, okay, they're just two extra loaded revolver. One you know missing a, a single bullet from the chamber. Right. Okay. Well, I don't really want anything in the crystal ball. I don't really know how to use but they seem terrible so maybe we should just smash it because i don't really want to take the soul out of my body yeah weren't they summoning some beasties with these things yeah that was fucked up i mean it might be a useful tool for later all right do do i have the intelligence to know how to use this thing <laughs> yeah probably oh great yeah let's take it with us i certainly don't Oh, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just gonna kind of look around at the floor that they dropped us off at. So you open the door to the elevator and you see a, I think, I think, yeah, this is just gonna open into like an underground facility. Um, the, the walls look like they have been hewed away with stone. And there is pipework everywhere. You can see that there are different stations uh, on the pipework itself. It lets out and these are like vacuum tubes. These are, are tubes that, uh, God, what, what? I'm trying to remember the, the term for it at the bank where. The, the tubes that they the like drug. send messages and stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I think those are those just vacuum tubes. Cause like vacuum tubes are like a science thing. They're like. Something that were in like old televisions. What am I trying to think of? You're just thinking of like a <laughs> tube amp? 
Well, vacuum. So vacuum tubes are like the tube amp or whatever. Um, but like wh whatever those things are uh, right. that I have simply forgot that 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 tube system for sending messages. That's what you find there. The like the, this there is there are like tables and tables of you know well kept and well contained crystal balls. To your dismay, there are also people dressed in the big hats and big coats that are like standard uniform for the people in this place, like milling around. Has anybody seen us yet? No, I, I'm going to do you the, the kindness of saying that you opened the elevator very slowly so you could like peek out and get a lay of the land first. The, the most horrifying thing and obvious thing is that you see at the other side of the room, there is a fragment of what you would call the Wonder Wall. So to enter the dungeon from like a civic standpoint, where, where the official dungeon that is like probably like housed by the Adventurers Guild or, or Union or what have you is kept like it is under guard. It is this bizarre, it looks like, stone that holds a fracture between worlds. It has like this weird gravitational lensing effect. It's unmistakable. And you can see here a smaller, but like no less strange looking version of that on the other side of the room in this facility. But yeah, you've opened the door crack. Like that's what you get out of that. What do you do? I say, Hey, you think we should put on the outfits of these dead guys? I mean, uh, they got some holes in them and a little bit of blood, but... Uh, That's true. I mean, I could pull it off. How about you? Yeah, I, it's just... <laughs> they have access to the other side of the wall. That could literally be why Evelyn was killed, because she found that out. Yeah, uh... I don't know. I don't think that, uh... I think it's something else Evelyn got herself into. I think there's more here that we're not seeing just yet. Should we go this way then? I think it's the only way to go. All right, let's... Uh... So, oh, question. So if we look under these <laughs> robes of these guys, are they normal-looking human people? Yeah, they're normal-looking people. I mean, they look the way kind of your dad looked uh, when he would go to work, just like a person without their soul. And he left his soul at home, not in like a locker here or something, right? Yeah. What I'm going to say probably, the, the truth is that the sad truth, you probably still have your father's soul, even if That's his body's dead. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think we should put these robes on. All right. Well, you just see he takes the arrow out of the chest of Oliver. Dibs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll take the scared one with no head. Less holes, more blood. Yeah. Uh, maybe nobody will look at the particulars, you know? It's black. I mean, you can't really see blood anyway. Yeah. And it may, who knows, whatever weird shit that they're into, maybe the blood will make us more uh, authentic. Yeah. This is going to go horribly wrong, isn't it? Absolutely. Lots of right. people are going to die. All right, let's do this. <laughs> All right. You've definitely got 
some advantages here. I would like you to make a a roll for stealth. 18, baby. Damn. Damn. I got 11. <laughs> God. Okay. Uh, as, I'm sorry. Shane, what was your roll again? You you cut out right as... Oh, sorry. Uh, 11. 11. Um, you, you both managed to make it. Congratulations. Uh, yeah. Like, I think the, the, the advantages are all in, in your favor like yeah these are are dark uniforms it's not going to show the blood and also you happen to be in the the presence of weird people who don't seem very concerned with like phenomenon happening around them like they're weird soulless people who are doing their work right now and you you see people like uh sorting through different tables like things will come in on these vacuum tubes and like they'll open a canister uh for a moment like examine what what's there it looks like there are gold pieces that are in those canisters that they uh like put in to lock boxes then they grab a crystal balls like load them into the canisters, take them over to another series of tubes and like fire those off. And this is like a clockwork setup uh, and and people are very quiet, like there's no talking. So in this kind of like a vacuous hallway that uh, has just the sound of like tubes coming in, shoes crossing a stone floor and uh, like occasional like clinking of gold against gold. All right, man. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta be very quiet. We gotta cast no shadow when we go through this thing. Just like a ghost. I'm not even here. Uh, how many people did we scope? Like, how many people do we see? Uh, I, I think there are probably about a dozen people here. Yeah, let's, uh, let's not fuck this up, or else uh, yeah. we've got a, a whole pl- platoon to deal with. Yeah, that doesn't seem like a good idea. Should we just try to go towards the the wall we see and see if we can catch any information? Oh, you know what? Yeah, let's Yeah, let's do that. Sounds like a good idea. Let's go. All right. I let's see what rules might possibly apply here. I want a knowledge adventuring role from you, Noir. All righty. Hell, that's a four. Oof. So it's hard to make heads or tails of this. The thing is, you don't concern yourself much with magic, and that appears to be the heart of this operation. There's some engineering, of course. There's like whatever series of vacuum tubes is set up here, but you can't really make heads or tails of it. As you draw closer, like you can definitely see, this is a fragment of Wonderwall. Like you've heard of this kind of happening around the city. Like the city was originally built to kind of interface with this infinite dungeon that housed infinite dangers, but also infinite wealth, connections to other planes, other dimensions. And the unfortunate things is as the city got older and time wore on, whatever spell originally created to connect to this dungeon broke down. And you more and more, and increasingly as time passes, get intrusions of the dimensional rift in places outside of like the main entrance to the Wonderwall. 
And that is where the Adventurer's Guild comes in. You're, you're trying to reduce the number of monsters in the dungeon and take care of the monsters that happen to escape and cause problems for the people of Oasis. Here is some fragment of the Wonder Wall that uh, has been like monitored and maintained by, by this organization. That's all you know. Is, is there a hole in it? Like when we say the Wonder Wall, is it like a gate? it's kind of like a gate. Um, it, it is, you know those like gravitational like lensing effects that you'd like see, like they, they did it in Interstellar where the world like kind of warps around it. Got or it. Like like the hallucination of like heat distortion or whatever. Yeah. What you, that, that's kind of how the world works there. The obvious thing that I'll, that I'll give to both of you is some of these tubes run right into that area. Oh my God. So they're pilfering from the other side of the wall. I mean, they're either mining or they're getting paid from the other side of the wall. So they have clients on the other side of the wall. Can we see if um, these tubes are carrying things both ways? So uh, I think, like, at this point, what I'm going to let you do, I, I feel like this is a great opportunity for you to have studied this room for five minutes, you know? Yeah. I was going to bring that up. I just wasn't sure what the question to ask yet is. The question has to be about the room, right? It can't, it's not just like a random question. <laughs> no, I. you know, here's the thing. Like, we're, we're playing investigator style. It's Sherlock right. Holmes. If you want a piece of information, the room might, we can maybe backpedal and like figure out how the room helps yeah. you get there. So what I'm thinking is I can either ask something about whether this is what do we know like about the money is it people taking bribes or whatever or is it is this what evelyn discovered or what did evelyn discover was you know what did evelyn discover that got her killed is what evelyn discovered if what evelyn discovered got her killed is that in this room okay okay is that Perfect. is that too broad a question no, I don't think so, especially as we are this far into our adventure, right? Uh, so uh, here's what, like, you take a look around this room, uh, and we can see puzzle pieces falling into place in your mind. Like, there are images of, of the woman that you met with upstairs, images of the assassin that you found out about, images of uh, the horrible insectoid leg, images of the beast that you saw and the foggy visions of the last thing that Evelyn saw when she was alive, uh, all of it is coming together. And we can see that mosaic forms a picture of her murder. And with that, it all comes to you in an instant. The tubes that carry payments, the tubes that carry instructions, those are coming from on high. They, they are coming up from elsewhere in the building. But the tubes that uh, crystal balls are sent into are the tubes that go into the Wonder Wall. Someone outside, someone from uh, an organization, probably a client of this uh, crime family, what have you, is paying this crime family to send these crystal balls, which can be used to summon monsters, 
into specific places beyond the Wonder Wall. Whatever purpose that's for, Evelyn must have known the same thing. It's the reason that uh, they would have sent an assassin. It's the reason that the job would have been performed with an extreme prejudice. And whatever evidence she had on her person, they took when she died. Hello, heroes, and welcome to the mid-roll. Heroes, as a reminder, we are looking for a new host for the One Shot podcast. You can find a link to the description of what that job entails and what you will need to apply in the show notes of this episode. Uh, it's a really cool opportunity. It is a paid position, and it's something that I am really excited to see uh, develop because this podcast is amazing, and I really want to see what it can do into the future in the right hands. Heroes, I also have a small personal plug this week. I have started a new podcast. It is called The Mountain Goats Meets Magic the Gathering. That may seem like a, a very odd sort of pairing, but basically what I do is I take a song from The Mountain Goats and I make a magic deck, specifically a commander deck, inspired by that song. Uh, John Darniel himself, who is the lead singer and the songwriter for The Mountain Goats, uh, said it was an extremely cool project when I released the first episode a couple of weeks ago. So uh, that's extremely awesome. You can search for TMGXMGT uh, anywhere that you find podcasts. You could also search YouTube for that because I do a video version of the show. And you can check out that new venture that I have going. Uh, if you do, I would really, really greatly appreciate it. Last but not least, this is a patron-supported venture that we do here, so if you go to patreon.com slash one-shot-podcast, you can contribute and help support the network and all the shows we do. Shows like OneShot, shows like Campaign Skyjacks, everything that OneShot does, my job, the job of the future host for OneShot itself, all supported by patrons. So, head on over there, and if you are able to, give us some support. Thanks, heroes. And with all that out of the way, let's get back to the show. Do I know enough about these crystal balls to think that they're like a gateway? So it's like a two-way street. So one has to have a crystal ball and then the thing can come out of the other crystal ball. Um, it's, it's, I, I think it doesn't work altogether that different from the light bulbs in like, it is kind of its own gateway into another universe. It's just pulling a creature through. Um, I just didn't know if that creature had to like willfully come through or if they had to have a crystal ball as well or something, or is it just like a portal thing? No, it, it, it's just a portal thing where you can reach into a universe full of gross monsters and pull out a gross monster. Well, we got we got two choices here, Noah. We can get the hell out of here and get reinforcements, or we can try to break this whole system, and then they'll have to reboot. They uh, they took my friend from me. I want to take something back from them. Okay, hold on. Uh, my headphones stopped working. Uh oh. Hello, hello, <laughs> hello, 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 hello. Now we can talk about him without him knowing. What do you think of him? I know, right? 
<laughs> I can't believe this guy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. There we go. I'm back. Oh, he's back. That's so that's how a bill becomes a lot. Oh, yeah. That, oh, that, oh that, you know. neat. Great song. <laughs> Kent, looking around, do we see like a central hub? Like if you took this thing out. So I, 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 yeah, I think the pipes that carry in like client instructions or whatever, those are pretty well embedded in whatever rock, uh, you know, connects them to wherever they're coming from around the city. I think the ones going into the Wonder Wall, that is much easier, like a central hub that you might be able to destroy for sure. Yeah. Noah's going to pull out a few, uh, two arrows and go, uh, I, I could take the shot and break them right now. All right. I got, if I make, would it help if I made a distraction? Then maybe we can get out of here afterwards. I think, yeah. But then as soon as the shots are fired, break and run. Deal. All right. So I am going to. One question before you do this. Where are you running to? Back to the elevator. You're going to, you're okay. You're going to try and get out through the elevator. All right. Unless we see another exit. I don't, I don't like the, the, the exits are. The elevator and probably the Wonder Wall. Um, yeah, I think so. we're going to the elevator. Okay. So I have a treachery, a treachery charm. Mm-hmm. It says one use causes an enemy to attack another. Yes. So I want to, far away from the wall, or the, the elevator, and kind of away, so in the cor- in a corner, I or you know what, in the sort of in... Uh, I'm picturing that they're sort of like rows. So there is sort of an area that's sort of center, but away. So if two people started attacking each other, then people hopefully would like stop, turn around. Like they're not that far gone. I could be wrong, but it's the best idea I have. I, you know, I I think it's great. Let's, let's run with it. Let's roll it. So I'm going to pick a guy and make him attack to the guy next to him. Okay. So the ultimate goal here is to cause a distraction. Like what you're looking for is chaos that covers like the work that you're looking to do. Um, right. So I want you to make a roll. I think, you know, this is made considerably easier that like you literally you can compel one of these people to physically a- assault another, which feels like that would cause a pretty big distraction um but yeah make a roll for me because you know you could roll poorly and could go horribly wrong (laughs) oh my god oh oh it's rolling so well through the whole game okay (laughs) this could not possibly go better like what what is a treachery charm what does a treachery charm look like? How does it work? Uh, I think it's like it looks like a coin almost, mm-hmm. and and it it sort of works like if you you can get it to like on the person of uh, of the other one, so you kind of can like slip it into their pocket or something, and then and then it's sort of like the will of the slipper. Oh, I like it. So this requires you to like. Try to walk in the calm and robotic fashion of these people without souls. That's the thing about someone who has lived the life you have lived. 
someone who had to watch his father work the most awful job doing unimaginable things for years as he grew up as a child. Uh, sorry. I just realized we never said out loud what the role was. We just screamed because I showed it to you oh, on camera. Yeah. It is a 20. This is a this is a 20. This is a crit um, for it's sure. It's a nat, like, natty 20. Nat, nat 20. So yeah, so someone who has lived a life that hard and awful as a child and managed to escape only to have their world crumble around them as the job that they had working with kids suddenly disappeared. You've spent the time thinking about what happened, trying to make what living you can as a private eye and using whatever vices that you could find to cover up those wounds. And of course, pushing people away, not creating any close contacts to not allow yourself to be hurt, which means you have a lot in common with someone who is soulless, or at least you think so on your darker days. So you are not detected as you cross the room, move to one of the workers in the center of the room, and without them noticing, place a coin in their pocket. You make your way across the room, and just as the coin has, like, finished its work on this person's mind, they, like, stand up very alert reach into their pocket and like a fountain of tentacles kind of like explodes out of the device and starts lashing at uh, the people closest to them. Everyone in the room like st freezes in place, stops what they're doing, reaches into their pocket and like they start summoning awful creatures as well. It is absolute chaos. The thing is, no one is screaming apart from the sound of like these otherworldly tentacles, like slapping and scrabbling things, knocking things over. It is otherwise silent. It is like one of the most haunting things that you have seen in your life. But of course, <laughs> that comes to Noah. Noah, you've got a shot. I'm going to take it. 14. Hell yeah. I'd say, like, with the distraction, like, that is more than enough uh, for you to hit. But you're using arrows, and even, your, even though your bow is quite considerable, I want to know why this is successful. I, I'm, I'm simply trusting that there is a way that you can take out, like, the central cluster of tubes. Uh, I just want to know, in your mind, what allows that to happen? I would love to have him take two arrows and tie the uh, tie the little orb that he has down, and they uh, take out most of the clusters. And as soon as the arrows impact, the glass shatters, and another t tentacle thing would be summoned to uh, knock uh, knock the rest of them away. I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Um, that is that is absolutely perfect. Yeah, and I just, folks, I remembered. It's called a pneumatic tube system. That's what it's called. And here's the thing. I was confused about that long enough ago in our recording that Twitter 
has descended upon me like a, a series of, of vicious birds pecking away at my flesh as they have said, you were thinking of pneumatic tubes. You were thinking of pneumatic tubes. And yet this week in our recording, the final episode of the show, it, finally, uh, everybody is going, uh, like everybody knows that we figured it out before the end of the recording. <laughs> but that's the way the internet works. Everybody's just so helpful uh, that if you make one embarrassing mistake earlier in the recording, you will pay for it for weeks until until you remember it later in the recording uh so yeah great <laughs> this destroys the cluster there is like a shattering sound of glass like screeching pipes and i think like this whole move is so successful um especially within the natural 20 uh, on on the part of our our dear private investigator john you can see that there is an alarm that one of these like people is going to pull like in the chaos normally it would be very hard to to see this but you are incredibly perceptive and got a critical hit earlier so you have a chance to act before this person pulls the alarm i would like to stop them from pulling the alarm how close to them am i I'm going to say you are across the room from them. So here's what needs to happen. You can uh, do like a called shot to like be like, I'm going to shoot this person in the head or, or, or something like that. That like would be a shot that does more damage to try and take them down in, in one go. And I kind of think if you're going to stop this person, especially like these weird soulless robotic people, I don't think pain matters that much to them. Right. Uh, so you're, you're going to need to do something like that. What is the alarm? Is it like just a pull alarm? Is it a bell? I, I, I think it is like, you know, in Downton Abbey, when they showed like how, how the bell system works in, in that mansion, I think it's kind of exactly like that. So, I mean, it's like a rope pulley thing. Yeah, it, it, it's a rope pulley thing, but like it will like ring an automatic bell upstairs or right. something like that. Like, okay, interesting, interesting people. I would like to is if I don't aim at a person, is it not count as a combat task? I'll allow it. Okay, so if it's a rope thing, I want to try to cut the rope okay okay so you're, you're cutting it in a way that will just completely disable the device uh, I'm, I like I'm like i'm pretty far away i couldn't use i couldn't use my tail and do something fast with my tail right yeah i i don't i don't think so unfortunate that that tail didn't get to pay off but hey you know i was thinking about it but you know it happens that's how i slipped it into the pocket i the coin was with the tail anyway of course yes okay because I want to, I basically want to disable the alarm from where I am. That's Perfect. my goal. So I have an epiphany nail, mm -hmm. which okay. adds one level of effort to a non-combat task. I like it. Is that a good thing? Yeah, I, I think <laughs> I think that's that's a good thing. What I think it is, uh, roll, roll this roll this out for for me. Like uh, just roll it. Uh, I think we are. I think we're looking for a six, honestly, because you have lowered the difficulty. Uh, what, like, or are you spending any effort, actually? I will spend effort on this. Okay. <laughs> this seems like the thing to spend the effort on. 
Yeah, and this feels this feels like it's coming from intellect, though. Being an intellect task, you can actually spend that effort from anywhere because right. that's one of your abilities. So yeah, you're you're looking for a six or more. Can you hit it? Can this game where we're rolling incredibly? Me using the effort. Does that add something to it, or is that a whole other thing? Uh, so, so it lowers the, it lowers the difficulty. Oh, it lowers the difficulty. Okay, okay. Here we go. It's a three. Ooh, not what you want to see. No, I I really didn't. Out of all the times to roll a three. Yeah. So, like, I think you are lining up this shot with a revolver, and you like. Your, your arm is wavering a little bit. Uh, you grab from your pocket the epiphany nail, which I think is like this, like, pearlescent crystal nail that you, like, literally like, jab into your shoulder and that straightens up your arm. The shot is lined up. A bullet whizzes through the air, and then one of these, like, random flaring tentacles just gets in a way and explodes. And the worst part about it is... Amongst all of the crashing and bashing of, of like people with these wild beast summoning crystal balls, the gun is the loudest thing in the room. So all eyes turn to you, and I kind of feel y'all got to book it to the elevator. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we're gonna run. Oh, I'm full haul assing. Roll those, roll that running, folks. Yeah. Oh, that's a seven. <laughs> 13. Okay. I think like <laughs> the, the horrible monsters like start descending after you. Thankfully, like you just really need to walk like the, to the midpoint of the room to like line up a shot on, on that cluster. Right. Me. Uh, uh, uh Noir. Oh, like, sorry. What was that? You, to, to line up the shot on the cluster. Where did, where, where were you in the room? Uh, to do that I think he stepped right out uh, but he's got the uh, uh, hallway like mm -hmm. right behind him because the goal was to fire and then break out running so yeah. he, it was still a straight shot for him I think you trip so like, like it's, it's oh like man I'm, I'm, the, I'm that person in the movie yeah, you <laughs> just pulled off like the most incredible shot in the universe. You're feeling fucking good, and then you trip as monsters are closing in on you. Uh, luckily, uh, we we have John, like who was way farther out into the room, and most of the attention is on him. So, like, we can see as he is running by like these rows of tables and and pneumatic tubes and whatnot. Uh, there are like explosions and whatnot of like uh, these monsters like hitting the wall like just behind him barely failing to grab him as he closes in on on the door where where y'all are at i i think like yeah you will have like y'all have the chance because like you were closest to the to the elevator in the room like you've got a chance for like one more roll to get away otherwise i I don't see this going great for you. You're going to have to fight a dozen guys. That's okay. I believe in me. Uh, a 10. <laughs> uh, what I think, what I think you can do is scramble into the elevator. The problem is like, as you two get to the elevator, uh, those like monsters that were summoned are going to be at the door. So like you, you can get inside what, what what are you going to do on the inside? Like, I want to... 
I would like to use my tail to make the elevator quickly doors shut and go up. So as we get in, my tail is doing all that. Okay. Okay. Um, so what I think happens, a decent compromise is I think you get in, you manage to close the cage of the elevator door and your tail just like slams in the elevator control. These are old timey elevators. They don't have all the safety measures. So it will start moving without all the doors being closed. The problem is like the tentacles and insectoid arms and whatever of the monsters grab onto the bottom of the elevator and they are trying to drag it back down. Let's have that's not you, good yeah i am going to pull up uh i realize the the things that uh you have been using the epiphany nail and uh the the charm those are things called ciphers and i realized i forgot to roll on the cipher table for the ciphers that are carried by lars character so i am going to just very quickly roll those so you know every asset that you have before we uh before we just land you in this horrible position um so 76 is oh that's a good a, one hopefully skull of terror that seems like that could probably be useful 31 is a force cube that also feels good and 46 is a memory lens, which feels like it'll be less helpful. I am going to go look up Force Cube. Here we go. Force Cube cipher disappears in a, a cube composed of six planes of solid force, each 30 feet to the side, springs into existence to a spot you can reach. These planes conform to the space available. The cube remains in place for one hour. That's interesting. That, that there's a there's a chance that that could do uh, what we need to do. <laughs> and Skull of Terror is... One creature that can see the cipher must flee in terror for one minute. Okay, so those are your resources. You are in this elevator. A horde of beasts is trying to drag it down. There's probably an alarm going off upstairs. What do you do? Noah, I believe this falls to Noah as uh, John is busy working the elevator. So just just to double check, the elevator is still unable to go up? Yeah. What, what, what basically, these horrible monsters are grabbing the bottom of the elevator and like dragging it back down as like whatever elevator mechanism is trying to pull you up. Uh, you can hear like the creaking and groaning of gears and whatnot. It's a bad scene. Uh, is there like that hatch um, in the ceiling of the elevator? Definitely. I think he's going to pop open the hatch and open it up and call out for John to come up as well. And John is going to climb that thing quickly. Yeah, you you you've got you've got like that that uh, uh monkey climbing, you know? It's it's good. He's using his tail and climbing straight Use up. Use that tail. Fast. That tail paid off. It, you know, we, we set it up at the beginning. It paid <laughs> off. Nobody can say that we didn't. You are on top of the elevator, which, like, the car jerks a little bit as uh, these beasts are successfully starting to drag it down. What's your plan? I'm going to try and go Matrix, where he uh, 
climbs the cable or like shoots one of the cables uh and zips back uh zips up i love it i i think this is an athletics role which you're trained in so that will lower the difficulty a little bit here we go i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna use my last versatile for the day Mm -hmm. that's good and are you spending effort no. <laughs> All right. I We're love just it. going versatile. Yeet. That's a 10. Boom. Okay. Uh, so I'd say you, you, you did lower the difficulty by two levels. I think that is going to be enough to, to get, to make you pull that off. Uh, yes. Even with John clinging to you, you throw out the counterweight, the elevator car drags down to the ground. Like you hear the crash and shatter as you zip up. The cable is carrying you up and up. It's prob The problem is that elevator was close to the bottom of the shaft, so it is only going to pull you up so far, which I think it's going to take you to the first floor. The question is, what awaits you on the other side of that door? John, you know there was an alarm. You were going to stop it, but fate intervened, and the alarm probably went off, so... They they know something is amiss. It, it it's me and John up here, right? Mm -hmm. How tall was the building? How many floors? About I think we said about five stories. Five. Okay. We either go out this door or we go to the second floor. Hopefully nobody's there because they all went to the first floor and we jump out the window. I'm I'm thinking it's a jump out the window type situation. Yeah. 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 All right. I am going to say between your like beast kin abilities and Noah's general athletics, I feel like climbing a cable is not going to be that big of a deal for you. So I don't think we need to roll for that. I have a skill for climbing too. Yeah. So <laughs> I like you 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 manage to get to the second floor, pry the door open and I think it is very much as you described. People have gathered around the first floor. And in fact, I think as you are escaping into the door on the second floor, uh, you can see beneath you the doors to the first floor have been pried open and they're looking down. You know, this is definitely not a building built to any fire codes. The only escape <laughs> from that basement level was the elevator shaft. So you're on the second floor. I think I just want a stealth roll for the two of you. Like... I, I think what we can do is have Noir roll it for the group. Like uh, that, that is uh, basically, I, I think Shane, you are allowed to spend effort to contribute to this, but basically you both want to go unnoticed. Uh, uh, Noah is trained at least one level in stealth. I rolled us a 14 and I have an edge. So that's a 15. Hell yeah. That's going to be enough. That's going to do it folks. Uh, like yes. you move, yeah, you move across, like, uh, through the, the second floor, like, towards a window, um, and we'll say, like, there's so much uh, New York inspiration for the city itself that, like, there is a fire escape uh, grafted onto this beautiful Baroque building uh, that you managed <laughs> to, you know, make your way out of and onto the streets. And I think the two of you are sort of hit with, the complete knowledge of everything that is going on. Evelyn was carrying on her person 
evidence that this operation what was going on that someone somehow in some way wanted monsters to be delivered to specific parts of the dungeons beyond the wonder wall you don't know why but you do know that she was killed for it so i feel like the 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 wrap up for this plot kind of happens in a montage so i want to know how you act on this information and what you do with it because like the client hired you to prove that that there was like foul play in her sister's murder and i think reasonably like you 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 know that it was a like mafia hit and you in fact know who did it too that that would be that would be enough to overturn that uh, as far as the larger conspiracy there are perhaps some some missing holes but like depending on depending on what you tell me you want to do with it we'll see how those get filled in my thought especially coming down this fire escape and not knowing if people are chasing us and stuff i think we go to the slide away and if people are chasing us then we know we have friends in there and people who you know loved Ele uh, Ele evelyn and i think that's you know you kind of tell your union organizers and stuff what the hell is going on and then because we have all of the adventurers there. Yeah. They are the ones that know how to handle all of the fighting. And I, I think that is the lesson that we can absorb from this adventure. You find uh, some corruption. You, you, you find some crime. And who do you go to? Your fucking union rep. You don't go to a cop. Goddamn right. You go to a goddamn union <laughs> because goddamn they will right. get shit done. Yeah, like you, you make it to the slide away and like we can see a montage of you laying out this story. I, I think in this montage, like like it moves from that to like a darkened room of an apartment with like uh the, the creepy figure that, that we recognize as Evelyn's assassin. The door bursts open and a group of burly adventurers like like goes through the door and like pins this dude down on the table. We see police like kind of standing around like uh, frustrated outside of an apartment building we see in court these like snake people uh representing the insurance company on one side and uh evelyn's sister uh, on the other with like uh a lawyer holding up a a bag that like clearly has like a, the crystal ball weapon that was used to summon the beast that killed e evelyn and i think over this we hear kind of the the monologue from our our, our two detectives talking about the city and and kind of what what this adventure meant to them and i feel like i feel like that's how we call this story hell yeah can i request a post credits epilogue absolutely so john doe is walking down the street and uh he stops in a little corner store and he goes in and he buys something and he has a little paper bag and he walks out and it's raining and there's nobody around. It's kind of getting dark. And after all the lawsuits and everything have happened. And uh, he he walks up to a door that we haven't seen before and he knocks on it. And uh, this old, this 
older gentleman opens the door and I say, he just looks at me and he nods. Then he walks away and then Evelyn's sister comes to the door and she is staying with her uncle, which she said she was going to. Mm-hmm. And I just, and John Doe just says, look, I want to apologize. I was very mean to you when you first came. I didn't trust you. And, uh, I mean, you can't blame me too much for that. But uh, I wanted to give you two things. And he hands her uh, the knife, Evelyn's knife that he got during this thing. And she looks at it. And then he hands her the paper bag. And he says, I didn't have anything to give you when you came to my office, water or coffee or anything. So I wanted to give you this. And she takes it out. And I say, it's, uh, it's champagne, supernova brand. And then just smiles and nods and turns around and God walks down it. a dark street. God, God damn it. Then she take it, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and my oh, friends. Oh, and that's I, it. That's that. in a slow, jazzy arrangement of Wonderwall plays over the goddamn credits. <laughs> oh. and, and my friends, that is officially... 20, 20 songs yes! by Oasis that have been in these episodes. <laughs> I caught most of them. Most of them. You, you could have one. saved her, listeners. You had all the clues. <laughs> uh, uh, I want to thank you both so much, so much for, for, uh, for doing this adventure. This was an absolute delight uh, uh, to play yeah. with y'all. I had so much fun. This episode of One Shot uses music from the following artists. Lineage by Shimmer and Dystopia by Ian Koloski. This episode of One Shot was edited and sound designed by Tracy Barnett. You can find more of their work online, anywhere, at The Other Tracy. That's it for One Shot this week, but don't worry, we will be back next week with a special holiday-themed series of Brindlewood Bay, starring some of the amazing performers from Fortunate Horse. So if you are familiar with shows like Rude Tales of Magic or Fun City, you're going to want to tune into this series. As always, we end One Shot with a call to action, and I am again going to encourage you to take some time, and if you're able, to safely do so, volunteer locally. Volunteer at food banks, at food pantries, uh, places that help get unhoused people housing. Those are all critical, critical services that are needed, especially during this time of year as it starts to get colder in a lot of parts of America and people are running short of food. Those are places that will always need your help. And if you don't feel comfortable getting involved politically, getting involved locally just to help volunteer is something that I think anyone of any political affiliation can get behind. Go ahead and give your help where you can. Thanks, heroes. As always, a humble and hearty thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you want to help us in a non-monetary way, the best thing you can do is tell a friend. You can also leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Every five-star review we get helps new people find the show.
For the latest one-shot news, be sure to follow me on Twitter at OneShotRPG. Look us up on Facebook at Facebook.com slash OneShotPod, or look for news on the site at OneShotPodcast.com. If you want to inquire about ad rates, live appearances, commissioning episodes, or you have a general question or comment for the show, contact us at GameMaster at OneShotPodcast.com. One Shot is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network, in association with Paracosm Press. Paracosm Press is a Chicago-based tabletop games publisher. You can find more information at P-A-R-A-C-O-S-M-Press.com. Finally, that music which is right now swelling up over my voice is Adventure by Be Your Own Pet, courtesy of Infinity Cat Records. See you next time, heroes. Heroes.